0: Friends, it has been a good and necessary journey for us this summer as we have had conversations in and experiences with the psalms, our summer of psalms. We have overlaid this framework of orientation, disorientation, and reorientation from the great modern-day theologian, Walter Brueggemann, that we just heard in our series trailer video. We've, we've used that, that the psalms can be roughly grouped this way, and the flow of human life, then characteristically is located either in the actual experience of one of these settings or in the movement of one to another. And in all that we have been living through in the last weeks and months, like isn't that true, right? Raise your hand if you have landed in times of orientation, like feeling grounded, What about chaotic shifts into disorientation, or how about being in disorientation itself? What about being surprised with Thanksgiving in your disorientation and shifting into newfound reorientation? Anyone, you know, any of those things have that? Has that been you? You know, we have been shoved in and out of these experiences through the pandemic, through the devastation of wildfires and the effects of its smoke through the racial reckoning that is overdue for our country, through canceling summer plans and starting school and the rhythms of the fall. We have been all over the map, right? Well, really, we have been all over the Psalms. As we looked at today, this final Sunday in our summer series It feels like, you know, this should be a time that kind of ties a nice bow on the Psalms by ending in like a grounded place of reorientation, like here we are, ta-da, end scene, right? But that's not life, right? Neatly summed up, it's, you know, especially not life right now. And it doesn't feel true to the authenticity of the Psalms. This book that captures God's people, Israel, across a thousand years, of honest expression directed to God to let today then be like nice and tidy just didn't feel right. Instead, we will do what God's people have done in times like these, as we see in the Psalms. And it is time then to stop and speak to God about our disorientation, because we are all experiencing disorientation on one if not multiple levels— this is also an appropriate note to end on because disorientation psalms are the most common psalms which is not what we often think of with the psalms. You know we kind of think of and jump to like the warm fuzzy tranquil images of things like psalm 23 and the the form of disorientation psalms their structure is the basic form that orientation and reorientation psalms are derived from. So therefore, like knowing and practicing the structure of disorientation psalms teaches us how to read and see all of the psalms, which is why we are going to get out our pen and paper or our computer or phone to learn about and write our own disorientation psalms right now, today, individually, yet at the same time. And as we go through this, I'm going to use the words disorientation, lament, and complaint interchangeably to describe this form of psalm, because they, um, they all describe what it is, and they are used by, all used by different scholars, capturing that different aspect of what these psalms are. So I have a favor to ask of you, and it's that you would say yes to diving into this experience now You may feel like right now you got like no energy or you have kids crawling all over you or you have no words for what's happening in you and stopping to find those words just feels like too much. Or you may be doing the dishes right now or you're out for a walk as you listen later or you're super comfy on the sofa, right? I'm asking you to set aside any excuses and take the next 20 minutes to try this, even if it means coming back later to do it. And I won't cite all the research that reveals how beneficial it is to name our emotions and write like this, so just know that science supports the emotional expression expression that we will practice now that we see in the Psalms, okay? So are you in? Good. Good. All right, so to begin our experience of writing a lament psalm, we begin by looking to an example of one. So, this is our reading for today. So, before we get into the specifics of its structure and form, first we just hear this as God's word for us in this moment. So, take a deep breath, roll those shoulders back, and receive a psalm, Psalm 12. I'm using a hybrid version of the message and the inclusive Bible. Quick, God, I need your helping hand. The last decent person just went down. All the friends I depended on, gone. Neighbor lies to neighbor. Their words are smooth and duplicitous. God, destroy all smooth talkers. Slice their lips off their faces. Pull the braggart tongues from their mouths. I'm tired of hearing, we can talk anyone into anything. Our lips manage the world. Into the hovels of the poor, into the dark streets where the homeless groan, God speaks. This is what God says. I've had enough. I'm on my way to heal the ache in the heart of the helpless. God's promises are flawless, Pure silver words refined seven times, pure on earth as well as in heaven. You, God, will keep us safe and protect us always from the wicked who stalk us with lies, from the wicked who collect honors from their wonderful lies. Psalm 12. So we're going to come back to it as we go through this. So if you don't have it yet, go get some paper and a writing utensil or you can use your laptop or your phone too. So the first thing we need to say up front is that no single psalm like follows exactly the ideal form, which makes sense, right? There's great variety and nuance, but knowing this form gives us just a map to guide our understanding of how we read and how we can write them too. And that form has a dramatic movement that falls into two primary parts. So if you walk away with anything today about disorientation psalms, then let it be this. Lament psalms, disorientation psalms contain two parts, the plea and then the praise. Plea and praise. Did you hear that? There's plea and praise. So a spoiler alert that we'll see that there is hope expressed in lament psalms too, so, let's get to writing this psalm. So, on that paper that you have at the top, let's write a heading. You can put my psalm of disorientation or my lament, my complaint. As I prepared this, all I could think of was just how much I appreciate our teachers who are trying to teach online right now, right? Right? So, you've got a heading. Now, just below it, you can make a line down the middle of your page, like making your page into two columns. So, these are going to function like columns in your Bible. So, once we're finished, you'll read from the top to the bottom of that first column and then jump up to the top of the second column and continue reading. So, that's how, that's how we're setting this up, okay? So, these two columns are for our two movements of our lament. So, plea and praise. So, let's write these words at the top of our paper. Plea goes on the left side and praise praise. goes on the right. Okay, so now then we'll, that's like the general areas, so we're going to go step by step through the specifics of the structure on each side, but plea and praise are what we're working with, okay? So let's begin with working through the five complaints of the plea, or the five components of the plea. So the plea, this whole side we're working with first, is our complaint to God, that God should correct something that is very, very wrong, Okay? So the way we're going to do this, it's going to feel a little choppy because we're going to make time to learn about each piece and then we'll write. Then we'll come back and we'll learn and then we'll write. So it's going to have that kind of rhythm, but I'll try to tread gently in and out of the space as I do. And I just invite you to keep connected to what you need to write. And if that means, you know, you kind of need to tune me out and just go with it, please just do that, okay? You can always listen and re-listen later or pause if you need more time So to to add to your writing as you just need to do that. So don't let me interrupt your process. Just go with wherever God leads you in this, okay? Okay, so thing number one for plea, so you can write on your page number one, uh, with the words, address to God, okay? The address to God. So how we direct this to God is how we begin. So the address tends to be something that is intimate and personal. We're not complaining to God as a stranger, but as someone who has history of trustful interaction. This is the moment when we name God as the one to whom we are speaking. In Psalm 12, it's the, the first line, quick, God, I need your helping hand, okay? So that's the address, The address can be anything. It can be something like, Dear God, or Loving God, or Where Are You, God? Or How Long, O Lord? Or Help Me, God. Or Hi, God. Or WTF, God. Or God, I am so blank. So friends, at the beginning of worship, we asked you to consider just what's one thing that you'd like to talk to God about today. And really, we're asking for what you lament right now. What's your complaint What is too much or too annoying or so painful right now? So now, in this moment, is the moment to access that and begin this conversation with God about that. So I'm going to give you one minute just to write on your paper whatever comes out of you at this moment And as we go through this, there are like no right or wrong words in this experience. So just let it go. So first, we're just doing that address to God, just starting there. So feel free to play around with multiple options and see what comes up as we address God. On to number two with our pleas. So, whatever you wherever you finish writing, just below that, write number two, which is our complaint. It's time to lay it all out to God. What we see about the nature of complaints in the Psalms is this so, complaints they are desperate, they are urgent, and whether it's a complaint of like sickness isolation, imprisonment, or destruction, the imagery that we see in the Psalms is that using of speech that uses um, death as the imagery. The rhetoric of the complaint is trying to motivate God to do something, and the point of the complaint Psalms often not only it describes an urgent need, but how God is actually accountable for it. Okay, so that's what we see in the complaint in in the Psalms. But for our purposes now, you don't need to worry about all those pieces. Just start describing what you're going through. Lament, complain about what is in you right now. In Psalm 12, I see the complaint in verse 2. The last decent person just went down. All the friends I depended on, gone. Neighbor lies to neighbor. Their words are smooth and duplicitous. So I chose Psalm 12 because it's pretty short, but many other lament psalms have much more complaining, so do you know that you can write a whole lot more in any of these areas uh, than what we're seeing in Psalm 12, okay? But I encourage you to just start writing, and um, any editing can happen later, so just let it out, let it go. So let's take two minutes to write our complaint to God. apologize that I'm interrupting to keep us moving, so please let this be the start of something you can always come back to later too, okay? So on your paper next, we write number three, petition. The petition is the moment to say, okay, God, in light of this lament and in light of my complaint, you need to do something. So this piece is perhaps the most intense because it's spoken as a bold imperative. There's like no room for God to say no. It's a place where we insist on our rights. It is a plea for justice as much as it is a plea for mercy. With the suggestion that the unjust situation that, we're in has arisen because of God's lack of attention. So in Psalm 12, we skip down a bit and we find in verse 5, as we hear the writer put into God's mouth the response that they think God should take. It says, into the hovels of the poor, into the dark streets where the homeless grown God speaks, I've had enough. I'm on my way to heal the ache in the heart of the helpless. So do you see the bold imperative of that? It's it's important to note that some lament psalms are individual and personal, and some are communal. So there's, there's both. And this psalm, Psalm 12, has communal notes to it, as it is a request for justice for those who suffer from the lies of those in power, even as there is personal uh, tones in there, too. And you may or not have some of those kind of hybrid tones in your psalm, too. So it can, it can, it can branch out into being po- both personal and communal. So what do you want to tell God to do? What should God do about it? Write your petition now. So speak it to God, telling God what God should do. We'll take about two minutes. All right. Pause that writing now as we move to piece number four in our plea. So you can write number four motivations. So this is where the psalmist does what sounds like bribing or bargaining. We often see it in complaint psalms as, "Look, God, I didn't do anything bad, so you owe me." Or, "God, I really messed up, so please forgive me and restore what has been lost." Or naming God's goodness in the past and saying, "God, you just need to do it again. You're good." Or, God, if I die, I won't be here to sing your praises. And really, that's your loss, right? So there's also appealing to God's reputation that if this doesn't go well, it reflects poorly on you, God. So we see how these motivations kind of run the gamut from kind of honorable to not really honorable at all. So that bargaining and bribing, this tone of here's what's in it for you, God, or why you should do this, So I didn't see this piece of motivation in Psalm 12. Again, the Psalms don't follow this form perfectly, but we'll take a minute in case you have some motivation you want to name to God or other pieces you want to continue to add to. Let's write. the final piece of the plea is the one that makes our jaw drop a bit when we read it. So you can write on your page uh, number five, imprecation, which if you didn't know, it means to curse or wish harm on someone. So Brighamon says this about it, this is the voice of resentment and vengeance that will not be satisfied until God retaliates against those who have done the wrong. While we may think this ignoble and unworthy, it demonstrates that in these psalms of disorientation, as life collapses, the old disciplines and safeguards also collapse. One speaks unguardedly about how it it in fact is. The stunning fact is that Israel does not purge this unrestrained speech, but regards it as a genuinely faithful communication. Man, so this is not like the version of Christianity that we so often see. This is showing like ill will, right? From a place that is pained and imperfect and wounded. Like this is a piece imprecation, perhaps more than the others, that brings home to us how the Psalms really are an unfiltered, authentic interaction with God. We really can say all the things to God. I'm sure you noticed where this happens in Psalm 12. Uh, Let's just rip off some lips, right? So it's where it says, God destroy all smooth talkers, slice their lips off their faces, pull the braggart tongues from their mouths. So friends, let's take two minutes for imprecation. Like when have you ever done that before, right? So what resentment and vengeance needs to be expressed? So we have a God who receives this too. So let's speak with God about it now. So there we have our plea, right, with addressing God, complaint, petition, motivation, and imprecation. Brighamon says these five elements serve on one hand to characterize how desperate it is the need to place it at the throne of Yahweh so that it may so that it is made unambiguously Yahweh's problem and Yahweh must do something about it. Yahweh is treated as the responsibly governing one when all the conventions of governance have failed. All right, so now we jump to the other side of our page. It is time for praise. When the psalms make this next move, it is a surprising one. Suddenly, things are different. Like something has changed. We can't ever know whether it's a change of circumstance or a change to attitude or something, or maybe something of both. But the speaker now speaks differently. Now the urgency and desperation is a replaced with joy and gratitude and well-being. This movement from plea to praise is one of the most startling in all of Old Testament literature. The praise element tends to include three factors. So on the right-hand side of our page now, we write, we have praise up there, and we write, number one, assurance of being heard. Assurance of being heard. In the complaint earlier, God is often accused of being absent and remote, unresponsive, not listening. So now that has changed. The speaker now is convinced that God has heard the petition. So we see this in Psalm 12, where it says, God's promises are flawless. Pure silver words refined seven times. Pure on earth as well as in heaven. So they're saying, God hears me, man, because that's what God promises, and God's promises are unbreakable. So you may not feel a switch go off in you to be able to access praise right now. And that's okay. In, in writing praise right now, if you like to experiment with this as aspirational, that's one way to go about it, as a hoped-for attitude. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to write our praise. Um, we're going to write our assurance of being heard. And so that's what, we're, that's what we're putting. So just for the next two minutes, we get to speak to God about how we're sure that God hears us. Okay? Okay. Let's add our number two under praise. We get to write payment of vows, payment of vows. So now in this moment of joy, the speaker has not forgotten what was promised to God. This is an act of faithfulness, of keeping one's words. So coming through the depths of the plea to the praise permits someone to be generous. When life is freely given to someone who is in the pit, it evokes gratitude and an outpouring of giving. So I didn't see this piece of payment of vows in Psalm 12. Uh, For us, it can be that expression of, I will tell of what you have done, God, or God, I will continue to be grateful for all you have given me. So what is your payment of vows? As it may or may not be connected earlier to any bargaining kinds of things that you talked about. So let's take a moment to speak to God about it. So payment of vows. (music) Finally, our last piece of our lament psalm of this section of praise is number three, doxology and praise. The most important element of resolution is this, it's praise. God who has been accused is now acknowledged as generous and faithful and saving There are many folks in both Judaism and Christianity that can easily jump ahead in their expression to Yahweh and only let themselves dwell here in praise. Oh, but God is always good. God is always good. God, you are good. But if we enter into the structure of the Psalms and actually take them as seriously reflecting a relationship with God, then we must conclude that it is indeed the complaint that now moves Yahweh to act. Like each part of the psalm must be taken as reflective of a real moment in this relationship. So the sequence of complaints to praise is a necessary and legitimate way to be with God, each piece in its own, like, appropriate time. And hear this like, one time, one moment in this process is not less faithful than any other. So in the full relationship, the season of plea must be taken as seriously as the season of praise. What an incredible example that is for us of a life of faith, right? And to you feel the weight of that, the fullness of this dynamic, expressive relationship we're invited into through Israel's example in the Psalms. It's pretty awesome. So we see this moment of praise in Psalm 12 where it says, "'You, God, will keep us safe and protect us always.'" right? You will keep us safe and protect us always for all generations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we finish our disorientation complaint lament psalm uh, with praise. What do you praise God for even now? Let's speak it to God. So friends, that's it. You've just learned the form of and written your own disorientation psalm. A lament, your complaint, your honest outcry to God. I want to acknowledge the brave work that you've just done. To name that we have each brought up hard and holy things. And we may be feeling things very deeply right now. So just know that you are not alone in that experience, that we are with you in this, and that you don't have to run from what you are feeling. Let it continue to find form in your plea and in your praise of lament, okay? I wonder, has anything come out that surprised you? Because get this, Brueggemann names that the words of our psalms actually precede the emotions. As in, we don't know what we're feeling until we name it. That what we feel can only be experienced fully when we have the language to name it and speak it to God. Isn't that fascinating? Did you experience that? What surprised you? I imagine you have more writing you could do that you could continue to find voice for what's in you right now. So, Thank you for for the grace to do this in a somewhat choppy way, but I invite you to just continue to make time today or in the week to come to tend to this. And to take that piece of paper, you now have this blueprint to be able to write more psalms of lament in the future. Yes? Yes. So we're going to take time now just to sing. It's a song that is very much a lament. It's crying out to God, let it be our prayer, both a cry out to God, uh, but also acknowledging, it's both the cry and asking, but also the cry acknowledging that we give thanks for how God is abiding with us now. And as we do, you can sing along or you can continue to write. I also invite you to reflect about your experience in the comments in any way that you would like for us to hear. So friends, thank you for your courage Thank you for this time together in the Psalms this summer, and especially today. I'm so grateful for this journey with you. Let's pray. God, we thank you that, in the words of Psalm 12, that you are on your way to heal the ache in the heart of the helpless, including us. So thank you that you are with us now. Thank you for the wild invitation of the Psalms to be honest with you, May we continue this practice of lament and be people this week who open space for others to do the same in the midst of so much disorientation in our lives right now. So thank you, God, that you abide with us through it all. And all God's people said, amen.